good posture, open chest, and sitting up tall is linked to everything from feeling more powerful because it slightly increases testosterone in your body, not to negative levels, but we all need a little bit of that powerful Mm -hmm. juice, all the way to um, it helps you breathe better so that you are getting the the same endorphin rush. So uh, I think that you could take something as small as posture and you can't you can't minimize its benefits, though. Right. And how beautiful it is to know that there are these simple fixes that we can make in our life and we have tremendous benefit. Welcome to the Wellness Plus podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, certified holistic health coach, Karina Rachel. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Julia Marie. Thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So you are a certified yoga instructor, power yoga. You're also a personal trainer, and you're certified in sports nutrition. So in a previous podcast, we kind of talked about the recipe for weight loss and supporting our health. We got a lot into kind of the dietary components, the importance of reducing stress in order to help our bodies get healthy. But I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about the different um, kind of components of fitness Mm -hmm. and physical exercise exercise and what the body really needs. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that you could maybe lay out a recipe for fitness, so to speak. Sure, sure. You know, I think to start this conversation, we could probably just go all the way back to the beginning and say, okay, I'm brand new to this idea of exercise. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Right? So when we think about a healthy body, there's a few things that we need. We need our metabolism to work, and we talked a lot about food in a prior um, podcast, um, and there also is some physicality to that as well. Um, And we want to have a healthy heart, right? So a lot of times when we think about gym class Mm -hmm. when we were younger, we would do things like um, running a mile, right? Can you do that? What's your endurance level? And so that might be um, taking account your ability to – embark on cardiovascular mm-hmm. exercise. So when we think about cardiovascular exercise, we're thinking about challenging our heart and our breath rate, um, getting our heart rate up. Um, and then also there's a very important component of that is our body's ability to bring our heart rate back down mm. to where it needs to be. Like it wouldn't be healthy for us to always have an elevated heart rate, right? right. Um, and so when we're working with cardiovascular activity, it's not only training us um, at a high heart rate, but it's also training our body's ability to bring our heart rate back down to normal. And oftentimes we think of this as like the concept of endurance, um, mm. where someone is able to have a, a pretty steady output for a long period of time because they've trained the themselves to do so. So their heart rate doesn't go crazy, right? It, it right. stays pretty steady. So that's that's one thing, right? We want to have a healthy heart. We want a heart that um, will pick up speed when we need it to and slows down when it needs to. Mm-hmm. Another component, if we're going back to the, the gym class analogy, would be like the sit and reach test where they would make you reach your fingertips down and see if you could touch your toes, right? So they're, they're measuring your ability to be flexible. Flexible is sort of a word that we we throw around, and a better word is optimal range of motion. Do your joints move in all of the ways that they're supposed to move in Mm -hmm. their full or optimal range? So that's another component. Um, And the third component that I think is really important, and truthfully, uh, we are sort of having a renaissance, especially as women, a renaissance to re-embrace this aspect of fitness, is our muscle and building muscle. Mm -hmm. So when we have um, a lean muscle mass, um, we are able to boost our metabolism. We are supporting our overall health. We're able to, and and, and there's more to metabolism than just burning calories, right? We think about weight loss, we want to burn calories, but when we have an optimal metabolism, we're actually able to metabolize or use the food that we're putting in our body. Mm -hmm. And so our muscles are part of that equation. Right. And so we want to have muscle. 
Um, muscle is is necessary to do all of the things in your life that you want to do, and it's also part of that aesthetic goal that we might have for ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, as well as um, increasing our feelings of well-being because we'll feel strong and capable. We're able to accomplish the tasks that we need to with ease, mm-hmm. and it helps us use fuel more optimally. So we're receiving more nutrients. Um, our body's getting what it needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I typically am looking at three different things um, from a f- purely physical standpoint. Um, and then there's kind of subcategories underneath there, obviously, yeah. right? So we want to have a healthy heart. We want to have lean muscle mass. And we want to feel comfortable in our joints. Like we can move our joints in all of their different ways mm-hmm. without feeling super tight or tense. Right. And so with my clients, that's why yoga is often a thing that they're very attracted to because it incorporates different elements of each of those categories mm-hmm. in different ways. Right. And I think that, you know, to um, just kind of bring back, even for people that are maybe not um, looking to become great athletes mm-hmm. or become in, you know, impeccable physical shape, just on uh, the basic, you know, kind of ground level for your health and longevity, healthy heart, incredibly important, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when it comes to things like joint pain, people feeling immobile, um, this is something that I think almost all of us can can sympathize with a little bit. We've maybe felt like our knees were a little sore or maybe I think probably everyone's twisted their ankle at some mm-hmm. point in their life. Um, or, you know, when you think about the shoulders and the neck, that kind of perpetuation of the, the forward you know, crouched shoulders, you know, is so pronounced and so common now that, you know, so many people you see, you know, that are maybe more elderly or whatever, that hunching of the shoulders, that crouched posture and really crunched neck is just, it's kind of the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, But it causes all this pain. We know that it can also cause headaches, migraines, not to mention, you know, neck pain and shoulder tension. Um, So this idea of, like, keeping your joints healthy, Mm -hmm. helping your body stay mobile Mm -hmm. has so many implications. You know, even if you're not looking to become extremely athletic, no matter where you're at, that is clearly an important thing to do. Absolutely. um, To help you stay free from pain you know, help you, like you were saying, stay able to do the things you want to do. Lift, you know, pick up your kids, lift something up over your head, reach back behind you. I mean, all of these things come back to that concept of mobility and keeping your joints really healthy. Um, And so I just, uh, you know, always like to encourage people to remember that, you know, healthy physical fitness, having a good physical composition in your body and helping support it to do what it needs to do is really important for you no matter where you're at. Absolutely. You don't have to be, um, you don't have to have high athletic goals to justify exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Exercise is going to help you um, no matter what walk of life you are in. Right. And we talk a lot about um, intensity. Well, intensity is subjective. You know, everybody feels intensity differently. Mm-hmm. So when we, we know that and we know that there's just so many different ways to enjoy movement, you can absolutely find something that's at your level right now. So there's really no reason to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we look at how do we bring the body back into balance? So you're mentioning all of these ways that we might feel pain in the body. And we're looking at these different components of fitness. Um, it's not just stretch when your joints feel sore. It's also saying, are, am I strengthening the muscles mm. that support these joints? Right. And so it would be probably really easy and happy for everyone if I could just say, everybody just needs to stretch more. But the reality is we need to stretch more. We need to build muscle more. Mm-hmm. We need to work on our balance and coordination. Yeah. We need to set aside time for rest and recovery. So when it comes to physical fitness, there are a lot of different things that we need to keep in mind. And it doesn't mean that we need to do all of that in one hour. We might stagger um, on one day I do yoga. On the next day I lift weights. 
the next day I go on a long walk or a, a jog, and we can sort of build a balanced program for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that really, for the average person, um, let's say they don't, they're not looking to run a marathon or they're not engaging in a specific athletic endeavor. Let's say that they're just looking for like general exercise health. Coming up with a pretty regular rotation of different activities Mm. is very healthy because you can challenge one part of the body on one day and you can challenge a different part of the body on a different day. And so you're never overloading one aspect of Mm -hmm. your fitness multiple days in a row. So yoga is one exercise modality, fitness modality, movement modality that can be manipulated in lots of different ways. Mm. So you can have a power practice where you are addressing large muscle groups in the body. You're doing big dynamic movement. You're getting your heart rate up. You can also have a more gentle practice where maybe you are still moving the body, but you're not at quite the energetic output that you are in a flow practice. And we also have on a completely other end of the spectrum, yin, where we're looking more at bound up connective tissue and how can we start to bring some ease back into the joints, especially when the joints are bound up. Mm -hmm. And yin itself also um, works with the same systems that Chinese medicine does. So we could even go into that aspect of energetic health. So what I love about yoga is that it's so multifaceted. Mm. And beyond just being a physical practice, it's also a mind-body practice, and it has a a path and a philosophy that goes with it. Mm -hmm. So we aren't looking at our physical body in a silo. We don't just say, like, okay, I'm a waffle person. My brain lives over here, and my emotions live here, and then over in this square over here is my physical body. What's great about yoga is it says, okay, we're a little bit more like spaghetti. Like, that sauce is going to go everywhere, and everything impacts everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we feel physical pain, right? We're the slump shoulders person. We're probably not going to feel emotionally available either, right? We're probably hurting, right? So if we're hurting in the body, we're not going to have a huge capacity to be this genuine, open, generous person to others because we are in pain, right? And not to say that people in pain aren't generous, but it's not going to be as easy for us to mm-hmm. step outside ourselves and go lend a hand when we are in an experience of chronic pain. Right. And so it's so, so, so important to listen to the communication that our body is sending us and, and respond. Yeah. Um, but that being said, when it comes to exercise, we need to get really smart about what that communication is. Because there's pain and then there's discomfort. Mm-hmm. And discomfort's usually pretty positive. It's a it's a controlled stress that we're putting on the body and then the body's going to respond to it and it's going to adapt and you get stronger. Versus pain signals are usually acute. They're they're sharp, they're shooting, they're tingly, um, they feel like nerve pain, mm-hmm. um, they feel abrupt. So anything like that, those are usually communication signals to stop, like no more, that's too intense for me. Right. And so as we start to embrace a, a movement practice, yoga, running, whatever, we have to be really available to pay attention to the signals that our body is giving us mm-hmm. um, and then respond. When we look at how does a body change, right, there's a few exercise science principles um, that you can kind of play with. One of them is the principle of adaptation. So the body will adapt to whatever controlled stress you put on it over a period of time. So Mm -hmm. if you commit to running two miles a day, the first day that you run two miles, it's going to feel really, really hard. Mm -hmm. But let's say you've been running two miles a day for the last year, all of a sudden, two miles is like your warm-up because the body has adapted. And so... Let's, you know, unpack adaptation. Like, well, what does that mean? That means the body has learned how to be efficient in that movement. It means that um, potentially your muscles have built up to accommodate the stress, the controlled stress you've put on them. Mm -hmm. And you also have been creating really clear neural pathways from your brain to your muscle. And that signal has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. Something that I think is fascinating with movement patterns um, and something we talk a lot about in the personal training world is that if you get someone who's fresh to, let's say, lifting weights and you're teaching them how to bench press, 
their first eight weeks, let's say they've never bench pressed before, their first eight weeks of strength gains, and I'm using quotations with my fingers, is because uh, not necessarily that their chest muscles just got abundantly more strong over the last eight weeks, but a lot of those gains um, have to do with the fact that their brain has consistently been sending the signal to the chest muscles, and that Mm. signal gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and that helps the body adapt. And uh, we say that synapses that fire together wire together. So that wiring starts to gel and we feel more coordinated in what we're doing. And then Mm. once we have the coordination factor, certain movements become easier. So then, okay, my two miles is easy. Great. Then I show up for my yoga class and I'm like, well, I can run two miles without getting winded. This should be easy. Why isn't that yoga class easy? Well, that yoga class isn't easy because of the principle of specificity. And it's a really fun word to say. I won't say it twice because it's a tongue twister. But the concept is essentially that your body learns to do whatever you've asked it to do specifically. Mm. So I often will see um, athletes that will come into yoga because they need to cross-train They're not immediately great at yoga just because, let's say, they're really good at soccer Mm -hmm. or football. Yoga is still challenging for them. The coordination is different. Now, they might have some um, benefits that that carry over. You know, if they're great at soccer, they probably have a lot of endurance and they probably use their legs a lot. So certain poses in yoga may not feel as hard or as challenging to them Mm -hmm. because that does cross over. But the actual coordination of the movement itself likely doesn't. And so they still have a new pattern to learn. Mm -hmm. And so that's why um, yoga is such a great thing because we're using the body in lots of different ways. There's an infinite number of combinations you could do. People are, you know, designing new flows all the time. And so we're able to build on our body's ability to adapt and change and learn and develop coordination patterns. And we're also introducing new challenges all the time so that we don't feel stuck in this plateau. We're starting to stimulate um, a little bit of muscle confusion. And so when we can kind of balance that out, then we are, one, encouraging the body to adapt by introducing something over and over, right? So you have to practice. A lot of times people come into a yoga class, oh, that was too hard, or I got too sore, or I couldn't do that thing, and they give up. So you only gave your brain one shot. Would you tell an eight-year-old on their first soccer practice of their life, oh, no, you you didn't do very well. You should just give up this whole (laughs) sports thing. No, we would never tell an eight-year-old that, but we're constantly telling ourselves that. We assume walking in, we should just be great at it. We should just be good at everything. Mm -hmm. No. So one, you need to give your body time to adapt. That means taking the modifications that your instructor is suggesting. And it also means listening to your body. And it also means sometimes talking back to your body. So if you're feeling discomfort, you need to ask yourself, am I in pain or am I just a little uncomfortable right now? And if you're just a little uncomfortable, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Right? Just keep doing it. Give yourself that grace period of making a habit, let your brain adapt, let your body adapt. Mm -hmm. And then comes the other component. And once your body's adapted, you need to increase the challenge. Mm -hmm. If you want to continue to see change, you need to increase the challenge. Yeah. Um, And then you take that as you take those two principles together as far as you need to. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, if you want to be a really great soccer player, you need to practice soccer. If you want to be a great yogi, and do yoga asana, you know, I mean, great yogi, that's subjective. But right. let's say you want to be able to do a lot of different yoga poses, you need to practice them. Mm-hmm. Number one, there are um, some pretty funny videos out there where they'll take somebody who's like maybe a pro wrestler or a pro football player and put them in ballet class. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of can really see how yeah. you can be incredibly strong, but coming into something that demands just a little bit different coordination or it's just different movements. Sometimes they, you know, have a pretty hilarious go at trying to do this movement. Yeah. Um, And it's 
it's really interesting. It really speaks to that fact that, you know, the body does adapt to the movements. And even though they've become incredibly strong and incredibly um, good at certain um, types of physical exercise, that doesn't automatically mean that they're going to be able to do everything else. Exactly. Um, and you're so right about, you know, we have this perception um, that if we can't do it on the first try, then like we can't do it. And Not that's worth just it. totally ridiculous. You know, right. no matter what area um, that you're working in or something that you're trying to learn how to do, hardly anyone just wakes up, comes to the table and immediately can do it. Right. You know, even um, one of the things that comes up a lot is People comment on the yoga videos, you know, I'm not flexible enough for yoga. Mm -hmm. And all of our yoga teachers just say, well, well, I wasn't flexible when I started doing yoga. But the whole purpose of doing it is to, you know, create that improvement for yourself. Exactly. So I think it's so important to just remind people that, like... You know, it does take a little bit of time. Yes. And then considering those kind of exercise science components, like, hey, your body is going to work to adapt to this movement. Yes. So every time you come back to this movement that was challenging, it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we hear the term muscle memory right. thrown out, which it's kind of feels that way. Like, hey, yeah. your, your muscles are going to learn this action and it gets easier and yeah. easier. Um, and, you know... Um, Looking at your 30-day program, I think you can really see how, you know, in creating 30 days of yoga, you were really cognizant of that fact Mm -hmm. of, like, helping to give them components that they um, are going to be able to build their confidence with in the beginning, start getting the muscles used to these movements, starting to help them build that muscle memory, and then balancing these challenging things that are going to be a little difficult with movements that are going to help them build their confidence. And, you know, throughout the 30 days, always giving them a little something new, a little something, um, not, not, not new, but a little something familiar. Yeah. So giving them something a little familiar and a little something new to help uh, kind of create that synergy of the body adapting and getting better at the movements, but then also knowing that if you really want to create change for the body, losing weight or gaining muscle or whatever, you've also got to throw in that element of challenge and newness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, you know, really try to encourage people when they do seem frustrated by a new thing they're doing or trying to learn that like, hey, it's totally okay to feel frustrated at the beginning. You know, anytime you take on something new, there's just that element of, um, you know, of newness and learning. And the more that um, we can just allow ourselves to maybe go into that yoga class and feel a little uncomfortable the first time or go um, do something we've never done before, that we kind of uh, embrace it with that attitude of self-compassion and fun um, so that you don't leave feeling like, oh, I'm terrible at that. I can't do it. You leave going like, man, I did a really good job on my first try of this. Yes. And you start building that confidence that you're going to get better and better and better as you go along. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychytruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychytruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. Start building that confidence that you're going to get better and better and better as you go along. Absolutely. And I think the you, you talk about getting better and better and better as we go along. And there's actually, there's science behind that as well, right? Mm-hmm. So we put a demand on the body. Let's say, we, let's say it's the coordination pattern has been gelled. Right? And then we put a demand on the body and we add a little challenge. And then the actual act of exercise is, is breaking down muscles, truthfully. It's, it's a breakdown process. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the controlled stress. And so there's kind of two parts here. It's a controlled stress. So then after that, we go into a recovery period. And the recovery period is actually where the body gets stronger. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, it doesn't work to just do 
seven day a week intense exercises, you're going to open yourself up to injury. That it's not beneficial because you're not offering the body enough time to rest and recover. So let's see what is what happens during the rest and recovery. Um, immediately after exercise, the body starts to um, work to replenish fluid levels. It starts to um, go back to a state where it can focus on other body processes. Your um, core temperature starts to come down because maybe it elevated. So there's lots of um, immediate things that are happening. Um, but just on the strength building side of things, it's sort of like your brain says, hmm, that body did something really hard. And so I need to be prepared for the next time that br- that body asks me to do this thing. Mm. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it just a little bit stronger. Nice. Now, it doesn't make it a lot stronger. You know, we don't go from being able to not do a down dog to just doing our first crow and like just like that. But it'll say, I'm going to make it a little stronger. Because I want to be prepared the next time that demand is placed on me. Mm-hmm. And so when we work just a little bit beyond our capacity, just a little bit into that overload place, mm-hmm. not a ton. We don't want to abuse our body. But we go just a little bit to our edge. We will then say, all right, next time I can expect, as long as I've given my body the appropriate recovery time mm-hmm. and we haven't gone into that detraining. So let's say you wait too long, the body will detrain itself. Um, We wait the appropriate amount of time. We try it again. We should feel as capable, if not a little bit more. You know, there's always external circumstances. What Mm -hmm. we eat that day, how do we sleep? But over time, we should be able to see progress. And that's why progress happens. Um, But I mentioned detraining. Detraining is essentially your body your body gets prepared for whatever is habitual, right? Mm -hmm. In the last podcast, we talked a lot about our habituations, our psychology, and also the desire for predictability. Well, the the physical body wants that too, right? So the physical body wants to be prepared for, you know, the lion waiting in the grass to attack you, right? Or it wants to be prepared for a time of famine, so it stores fat, or it wants to be prepared for... um, being able to run really fast if Mm -hmm. you so needed to. It even wants to be prepared for sitting at your desk. (laughs) So it starts to adjust to that, right? So the body prepares itself for whatever controlled stress is habitually put on it. We can't really blame our body for that, right? Because we're doing it, Mm -hmm. right? It's actually acting the way that it's designed to act. So let's say the controlled stress is running, Okay, and you were a runner for 10 years. You ran marathons. And then you took 10 years off. Your first day back to running, you should not expect to be as trained as the last day Mm -hmm. that you ran before. Because you've had 10 years of the body adjusting to your new habits. To your new habits, right? So the body's constantly in flux. It's constantly adapting to whatever stress you put on it. So we need to create a habit. Mm -hmm. I talked in the previous podcast about this idea of slingshotting. Well, part of that is because the body just will adapt and change as much as it needs to adapt and change to accommodate the stress that you're putting on it. But if you overtrain yourself, if you push yourself too far, if you lose weight too fast, if you make – honestly, if you make your weight loss um, like impossible to achieve – like you have obscene goals for yourself that aren't realistic, eventually you're going to tap out. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, you know, too much. This is this is not sustainable for me. Right. And then you'll just revert. And um, I think we see that over and over again. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, every weight loss company, every supplement, um, Weight Watchers itself would be out of business. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's it's not like one day you arrive and you go, oh, my goodness, my work's done. I no longer have to take care of my body. Exercise is no longer something I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can take this message as a big negative or a big positive, but the message is you're in it. You have to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And you also have to let it adapt to your life seasons. So if you want to take it in a negative way, you can say, well, darn it. 
I am committed to a lifetime of having to exercise. Or you can make it a positive and you can say, awesome, I have this opportunity to exercise for my whole life. I'm going to try out all of these different things and figure out what I like, Mm -hmm. what I enjoy, how my body responds to it. Because we all have a little bit of a different chemistry and there's going to be some things that you enjoy more than others. In the personal training world, we call it the sport picks you. So there are certain sports that you're going to feel like you naturally excel at or you just enjoy more. And there's going to be other stuff that feels like work. Mm -hmm. Um, That's okay. But it's our job to be committed to the exploration process. Right. And I think that, you know, there's also this, you know, kind of piece. You talk about sustainability, and it's just so true. A lot of these um, different weight loss products and fitness programs, um, you know, I feel like there's not enough emphasis on helping you create a sustainable um, approach that's going to help you keep the weight off, right? you know, because even as, as much benefit as you can gain in, you know, um, P90X or whatever, sure. um, once, you know, because the body adapts so much, once you stop that, if you just fall off right. and stop doing all the physical activity at the end yeah. of that, you know, time period, well, suddenly you're right. You're going to kind of slingshot or boomerang back the other direction. Um, But then at the same time, you know, I think that recognizing that our bodies are engineered to get better at things. Yes. You know, Um, so looking at our 30-day yoga program, you know, there's this component that um, by coming to your mat every day, And building the expectation that your body has. It knows that you're going to come back and do yoga. It wants to get stronger. It wants to get better at the movements. Um, Within those 30 days, you've incorporated the kind of resting, recovering Mm -hmm. um, yoga flows and stretching and restorative work that's going to help nurture the body. Mm -hmm. So already you've kind of... um, included that balance that's going to give you the power yoga, high intensity interval workouts, and also give you the, you know, workouts that are going to be a little bit more gentle and actually help support your body being able to recover from the more intense workouts. Then it's also helping you to create that habit of doing physical movement. Yes. And whether or not you actually continue doing yoga every day at the end, or maybe you decide you want to try another type of movement or some, you know, try something new. Um, the idea that we are helping to create a new habit that you move your body every day in one way or another, whether it's just walking or stretching or whatever, um, you're setting yourself up for success in the long haul. And as long as you can um, just recognize that, you know, you're not going to be able to keep the results of 30 days of work for, you know, probably not, you know, maybe for 30 days, but certainly not for three months or three years. Mm -hmm. You've got to have some level of consistency that you keep coming back to. um, And, you know, creating that healthy habit of having physical movement every day. I know for me, yoga is something that like my body craves yeah. and you're like, oh man, I feel like I really need oh, this, so you know, good. it feels so good. So in that way, it's like another positive feedback loop that's feeding in yeah. because it makes you feel so good. And, you know, I just think it's really important that people understand that um, keeping the consistency keeping your body moving and yeah. not expecting to, you know, be able to, okay, you're going to be sedentary your whole life, then do 30 days of working out and then go back to being sedentary and right. keep the results. It's just not realistic. That's not happen. Um, but it also doesn't have to be like you're on P90X for the rest of your life because yeah. that's also not realistic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, be it extreme workouts or, you know, you offer the example of P90X or, um, And candidly, I've never gone through their entire program, so I can't speak to it with a ton of knowledge, but I know it's intense. Um, Or even in really intense diets. The sustainability component is important, but also like allowing for seasons of life. There might be a P90X season of your life, right? Okay, that's fine. Um, But identifying the movement patterns, and you were talking about I just crave yoga, identifying the movement patterns that you're going to look forward to Mm. is really helpful in that sustainability um, habit building. 
And so something I love about the videos we do together is we talk a little bit about how long should this thing be. Right? So mm-hmm. we do have some videos that are 45 minutes or even an hour, but so often we strike that like 25 minute mark mm-hmm. um, because if you're tuning into a video, you probably don't have the time, right? But you also want to be able to keep up the habit. Mm-hmm. And so everyday habits of movement is going to create a body and a lifestyle that you're excited about Mm -hmm. versus working out two hours, one day a week, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. So I would so much rather help someone build a very regular, very consistent habit of movement Mm -hmm. um, that has like movement practices on all ends of the energetic spectrum. I would much rather develop that holistic approach and help someone that way because it will serve them for their whole life. Mm. And you really can't talk too much about exercise science and the physiology of things without also talking about the brain. You can't do that because the nervous system sends a signal to the muscles which move the bones, and that's how we move about this earth. So if we look at the nervous system and we say, okay, I know that essentially all movement is nervous system training, then what else is comprised in your nervous system? Mm -hmm. How you think, how you feel. Um, Are you sad? Are you happy? Are you um, get up and go or are you resting and digesting? Right, so we can't just say, "Oh, this is one half of me; it's another half of me." No, they go together. Mm-hmm. And so we talked a little bit about the happiness factor on the last podcast, and I think on a real level with the physical body, the happiness factor also plays a part, mm-hmm. especially if we want to build healthy habits that we're doing day in and day out. Right. Yeah, but something I love about the 30-day program that we put together is that we are also incorporating lots of different modalities, Mm. which all have a different effect on the body, right? So we need those rest and recovery days. We need the days where the body's literally taking time to rebuild whatever was torn or challenged or depleted from a previous workout. We need days where we are challenging our balance and coordination, Mm. where we are working with our slow twitch muscles, muscles that are going to sustain us, our endurance muscles, which is what we get a lot of in yoga. And then we also need days where we are challenging our power fast twitch muscles, things like quick movement and help us with agility and being able to take on a a big, intense challenge. Um, And so that's why we incorporated HIT, right? So you can get both types of muscle fibers. Mm. I talked a little bit about how the sport picks you. Truthfully, we all have um, a composition that leans in one way or the other. Some people tend to literally have more slow twitch fibers, or that's that's where their body leans towards in terms of what it likes and what it responds to. And other people tend to be your fast twitch muscles. You think of it like your long runners and your sprinters, right? (laughs) So some people are long runners. They've been long runners their whole life. Endurance is their jam. Other people are your road runners, right? They're real fast, but for a short period of time. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't increase our strengths in one capacity or the other. In fact, I think it's a pretty dangerous habit to get into anything that boxes you in. I am only this type of person. Nah. That's that's junk. Right. But we can start to notice, ooh, I respond a little faster to this type of exercise. And this, mm, excuse me, this other type of exercise is a little harder. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So that's why we have this whole spectrum of different things mm-hmm. that we can take part in as part of our 30 days. Because we're building a habit. We are introducing our body to a variety of challenge, Mm -hmm. and we're introducing our body to all of the different elements of fitness that we need to feel strong, balanced, agile, and comfortable. Right. And I think you're, you know, you can look at your daily life and Mm -hmm. see where, like, certain activities need more of the slow twitch muscles, and certain activities need, need us to be Johnny on the spot and able to react quickly, and you're so right, the hand-eye coordination and 
um, balance and all of those pieces. Um, I mean, that's important on an everyday basis. Absolutely. I mean, whether we're driving, we're walking, much less trying to do um, an intense athletic activity, mm-hmm. you can totally see where your um, your body needs those different components. Right. And largely, you know, there's, I think, a lack of, um, you know, really approaching the holistic um, approach that way, you yeah. know, and you look at a lot of different um, programs and and fitness modalities, so to speak, and it feels like it's all one thing, mm-hmm. like it's all cardio or it's all strength or it's all that. Mm-hmm. And that has been um, just kind of a recurring issue um, that, you know, people who are working too much in just strength building and weight training lose their mobility. Right. Or people that are, you know, just working in you know, whatever, one part of the body or one part of the muscle group, the weakness in the other parts of the body starts to like show up in these different ways. Yeah. You know, so coming back to yoga as such a fantastic, um, like a holistic approach because it hits all of those different elements. Um, And then as you were kind of alluding to, even within yoga as kind of a little umbrella, there's all these little branches um, that that kind of stem out so that you can find the uh, specific type of yoga or workout or exercise that feels best to you, that feels, you know, easy or doable or whatever, you know, where there's certain things that to me just seem, um, you know, too scary or overwhelming, um, that we just like kind of move towards the things that we're, that we gravitate towards and you kind of let your body almost guide you to that type of movement, whether it's, you know, dance, martial arts, yoga, running, swimming, there's just so many different things that kind of allow you to, um, you know, be, uh, more focused on one of those areas or whatever. And I just mm-hmm. really try to encourage people to mix up their fitness totally. routine and not just always be doing one thing. Or if you're going to just always do one thing, let it be yoga. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about yoga is like you get a lot under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. And yoga is a philosophy, right? So it has it has asana, the, the physical practice, as a component of it. And when we look at asana, what – the yoga philosophy tells us is that the seat, asana, the seat, the pose should be steady and comfortable. But then you look at like a complicated pose like crow. <laughs> what is what is steady or comfortable about that pose, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what's the point? The point is that we learn to get comfortable with discomfort mm-hmm. so that we break through and we can get clear with our mind. So let's say it's something you love to do. Um Horseback riding, okay? Riding a horse, the first few times you do it, you are uncomfortable. Your inner thighs hurt. You probably don't have the right gait with your horse. Your butt probably hurts. But you feel exhilarated when you're done. And if it's that thing that you love, you're willing to sort of take on that discomfort Mm -hmm. because you had um, a positive experience. Right. And so I think there's a lot of truth to find something that you really enjoy, but there is an exploration process Mm -hmm. because if you don't give something the good old college try, like if you don't actually go back and do something and try it wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. you might be missing out on so much pleasure that's available on the other side of discomfort. Right. And that's what yoga offers us. Yoga offers us this idea that if you can just sit with, not pain, right? A pain is acute. Pain is sharp. Pain is um, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Pain is something you can't breathe through. Discomfort is something you can breathe through. And so if you're approaching discomfort and you can breathe through it and you can have patience and you can commit to a 30-day challenge um, or whatever it is that you've set for yourself, there's this hope that there is pleasure on the other side of it, that Mm -hmm. it reduces the suffering, right? Right. So um, be it horseback riding or tennis or swimming, the first few times you do anything, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, And we have to allow ourselves, will ourselves, permit ourselves to stick with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's okay to be, you know, 
sort of the baby giraffe stumbling about in <laughs> yoga. Like I hope that you give yourself the grace to do that. Mm-hmm. And maybe understanding some of the exercise science behind it will give you the peace of mind you need mm-hmm. to remind yourself that, oh, I'm having a human experience right now. This is a brand new movement to me. I don't have that movement pattern gelled in my mind yet. Right. So I can expect a few things. I can expect to feel clumsy. I can expect to be a little uncertain. I can expect to be sore tomorrow. I can expect to be sore in places that I've never been sore before. So I'm sort of confused, right? <laughs> um, I can also expect that if I continue to do this thing and I continue to offer my body rest and offer my body challenge, I will get better. Yeah. And it will feel better. It will feel easier. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes just knowing straight up the science behind it, it gives us peace of mind to remember, oh, I'm human. Mm -hmm. I'm a human being with a physical body having a very normal, natural human experience to a new set of movements. Right. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. Mm-hmm. I'm a human being with a physical body having a very normal, natural human experience right. to a new set of movements. Right. And That's you're, it. And you're so right that it is perfectly natural to feel a little uncomfortable or yes. a little fearful trying something new. Totally. Um, it is really funny, though, to think about uh, <laughs> when you're approaching something and you are, um, you know, equally aware of this is going to be new, it's going to be different, it's going to be challenging, but you're also really present with the fact that, like, just me being here and doing this, I'm starting to create these new pathways from my brain. You used the example of bench presses earlier. You know, sending those uh, neural pathways between the brain and the muscles, a lot of the muscles – you know, in our in our daily lives and sedentary lives, a lot of the muscles of the body are just asleep. They're just, yeah. They're just not being used. They're not being activated, you know. So a lot of times, um, you know, when you're kind of trying to get over that initial hump of trying something new, it's part of just like, hey, there's these new neural pathways your brain has to connect. To wake it up. Between this muscle that doesn't get Absolutely. used you know, regularly or maybe ever. <laughs> um, a great example for me is uh, like when the first time I did the stand up paddle boarding. Oh, yeah. And I felt all of these muscles in my feet that mm-hmm. I was like, what in the heck is this? You know, like muscles in my feet, my ankles, my calves, all the way up my leg that I had never felt before mm-hmm. from trying to like balance standing up on, you know, it kind of looks like a surfboard. Yeah. And you're like, so you're balancing in the water. Yes. And I mean, it's just this incredible feeling, but it made me so super aware yeah. of all of these muscles that just hadn't really, you know, had been a while, <laughs> hadn't been activated by like my regular way that I walk all Absolutely. the time. Or stand all the time. You know, and then another example, um, you know, with the forward head posture is this kind of like really common topic. And Mm -hmm. so we had um, a cranial sacral massage therapist who came in and was working with um, one of our one of our crew members, Lucy, uh, to help her improve her posture. You know, so she was just giving her these simple things about like letting the shoulders drop down and like bringing the, the head and neck in alignment. And you know, so we filmed this little video with her. And then the next day she was like, man, I feel so sore in my neck from just like filming these couple of little like posture exercises. Yeah. And she was like, she was a little bothered by it. And I said, no, you know what? It's totally okay. You're just waking up these muscles that haven't really gotten used before. Yeah. And so even though, and she was like, she was like, I think that maybe I'm like not supposed to be sitting up that way. Like it feels less natural and I'm like really sore now. And I was like, no, like, A, your body's just used to this kind of poor posture that you've been in a long time. So it's something new that feels a little challenging. So yeah, it feels 
uncomfortable or it feels unnatural because your body's just not used to it yet. Right. But as you start to work these little posture exercises and work on trying to stand up straighter and, and kind of improve, you know, the, the, um, cervical alignment, so Mm -hmm. to speak of your neck and shoulders and, you know, it'll get easier. It'll feel more natural. And then as you start to just strengthen those muscles by doing a little bit, of those exercises every day, like maybe just three minutes, yeah. like doesn't have to be a lot. Those muscles will get stronger. And then suddenly you'll find that it feels more natural for you to stand up straight. Absolutely. And you don't feel sore afterward because you've strengthened those muscles enough that now actually you've moved into the right alignment for your neck and shoulders. It takes a lot of the stress off of your neck. And so if you can just kind of move through that initial area of discomfort, yeah. then your body actually will be like, wow, thank you. Yes, <laughs> this is this is the alignment yeah. that I want to be in. And you're right. It actually does feel more natural. Absolutely. I mean, can we overdo it with exercise? Yes. Are most of us overdoing it with exercise? No. <laughs> no. I think usually when we look at injury – it's usually injuries um, that are – there's acute injuries like I fell on my face and hurt myself and I got a scraped on my nose or I busted my knee or whatever. Those are like acute injuries. You can trace it back to like I there was an event and something happened, mm-hmm. right? But then there's also the injury when we're talking literally about like something that's negative in your body. The injuries of the twos, T-O-O, like too much. So it's usually too mm. much, too soon, or too often, right? So – if you decided, hey, I'm going to, you know, drop back into a back bend and I've never done it before, yeah, that too is too much ten- too soon. Too much too soon, <laughs> right? But if it's something like I'm adjusting the alignment of my posture and then the next day I feel sore, that's not necessarily an injury. Mm-hmm. That's discomfort, right? And very often we have to retrain ourselves to understand the difference between discomfort and pain. So. Discomfort, too much discomfort, too often with no rest, that does open you up to an overuse injury. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, most people feel sore when they aren't used to the movement pattern and they Mm -hmm. need to get better at it. Um, and, and there's a lot of different reasons why the sensation of soreness happens, you know, and we could probably do an entire podcast on like, here are all the physiology of literally the feeling of soreness, Mm -hmm. but let's just take soreness for what it is when you're sore and you know, it isn't because you were doing something that was negative or there was no like acute event Mm -hmm. that caused you to feel pain. Then most likely this muscular soreness that you feel is because the process overloaded those muscles just a little bit and then they had to respond and they needed to start to heal and and get Mm -hmm. stronger. Um, But you brought up the particularly Lucy's neck. And in in this world, in America, but I would probably say everywhere, um, where anybody is having a Western lifestyle where they're sitting at a desk or driving a lot, their, their daily habits are pretty still and in a sitting position. One of the number one things that people complain about is low back pain. Well, one of the number one things you need to do to alleviate low back pain is to start to use the muscles that support your back. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes this sort of delicate balance because if someone has back pain, that's a scary feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, no one likes their neck to be hurt. No one likes their back to be hurt. We we know primally that pain in our spine is sort of a Mm no-no. So pain in our spine, it feels like taboo, like... Ah, don't touch it because something might really be wrong. It's yeah. it's the most intrinsic part of us. It connects us to our brain. We need our spine to do what it needs to do. Um, but when we're looking at low back pain, we need to actually challenge the muscles. And so very often when I'm working um, with my clients, especially if they want to do a lot of yoga in their private sessions and they come to me for low back pain, I let them know ahead of time. For me to help you get rid of your low back pain, I'm going to have to ask you to use muscles near your back. Mm -hmm. And those muscles might get sore. And you might feel uncomfortable or even a little nervous because those muscles are sore. You haven't used them for a while. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're sitting in this habituation, this pattern of back soreness. 
And that's kind of an uncomfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. And so very often we need to strengthen the muscles that support the area of the body that's feeling pain. And that mm. actual process of strengthening the muscles can be in and of itself a little bit uncomfortable. Right. And yoga is a really great tool for starting to understand our threshold for discomfort. So what I often tell my clients is if you can't breathe through it, don't do it. Mm. If you can't breathe through it, don't do it. That's like one metric. Yeah. If your breath is free and easy, things are okay, you can exhale. Or even if you're struggling for breath, but you know that if you stopped, you could catch your breath yeah. and the pain would go away, like you're probably in an okay place. But if you hit something or you do a movement that causes you to suck in air and hold it, mm-hmm. usually that's a good indicator that this is something that might be a little too intense. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's always variables. Obviously, but if we wanted to look for a general rule of thumb, if you cannot breathe through it, do not do it. Mm -hmm. If you can breathe through it, but you're uncomfortable, know that you may not actually be experiencing quote unquote acute pain, but rather the discomfort of working your muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for, um, you know, for people who are approaching something new or maybe approaching yoga, Uh, that's a really great kind of recommendation and just kind of a um, guideline to to keep in mind as you're going. And I think that realistically speaking, you could kind of uh, convey that Mm -hmm. (laughs) out into, you know, a broader uh, philosophy on life, so to speak. Like you, um, you know, your ability to handle a stressful situation with grace or with ease or just with, you know, kind of the knowledge that you can get through that. Yes. Like I'm going through a difficult time right now, or this particular yoga pose is really a little challenging right now, but you can breathe through it. As you said, you're literally able to take a breath because if you do go too far into a stretch or something, you're right. You kind of, you lock up and you're holding your breath and you're sitting there. And so I'll just kind of tell people like, just, you know, pull back enough out of the stretch or out of the movement to where you can, you can actually breathe. breathe. Yes. And, you know, from the perspective that every time you come into kind of a challenging pose or just challenge yourself to do something new in any type of fitness, that like your, uh, you know, ability to breathe through it and get through it strengthens you to make that activity easier the next mm-hmm. time that you Absolutely. come. Um, And from the perspective that, you know, yoga helps us learn how to handle stressful situations. Yeah. um, I can see that in so many different ways, you Mm -hmm. know, and I Mm -hmm. really do find myself coming back to that, you know, can I breathe through this or do I need to exit this situation? Right. You know, and from things like, you know, road rage or stress at work or whatever, by and large, you can breathe through it. And right. so I just kind of even like remember those little cues that I hear in yoga class, like breathe deeply, relax your face. And almost every time I think about it, I'll notice that like I'm I'm furrowing my eyebrows mm-hmm. or I'm clenching my teeth. Uh-huh. And I'm like, relax your face, Karina. This is okay. And then suddenly you realize like how much of our, our stress and our pain is actually coming from our own holding our breath right. and holding tightness. And right. you start to realize that like, oh... I can actually handle this stress or handle this, this, you know, difficult pose or, or keep running whatever it is, you know, um, if I just breathe for sure, if I just take a second to like, let myself recognize that I'm feeling overloaded right now. And this is a little uncomfortable or feels a little difficult, Mm -hmm. but Hey, there actually is something I can do to make this a little easier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Like, even if you take like the, some of the most extreme things people could do, like women who are giving birth, like one of the things they teach them how to do is breathe, Mm -hmm. you know, because this is a critical thing that you need to be able to do to do something incredibly intense. Yeah. And when we look at, like, a, why does breath work? Well, breath is one of the only things we have in our body, not the only things, but something that is pretty pronounced mm-hmm. that lives on both sides of our nervous system. Yeah. 
you're going to breathe when you're sleeping without thinking about it. You're going to breathe throughout your day without thinking about it. So we have that sort of autonomic, subconscious side of our breath. Thank God we do because we wouldn't get through our day if we constantly had to think inhale, exhale. Mm -hmm. But also our breath is something that we can consciously control. And when we take deep diaphragmatic breaths, when we can slow down our exhales, when we can be conscious of the fact that we're not (laughs) sucking it in and holding it, Mm -hmm. we can take the panic feeling Mm -hmm. out of the equation. When we are in a situation where we are not capable of doing that, it is a very clear message that this is something you need to remove yourself from or reduce Mm -hmm. or take away. Um, And most of the time, you know, we live our lives that are not in extreme situations. We're not always in an emergency. We're not always giving birth. We're not always um, (laughs) doing something that will require some level of um, heroic above and beyond capabilities. For the most part, we are dealing with the things that you suggest, like traffic and our feelings of self-worth and our job and um, our desire to get through a hard hit workout. Um, Those are usually the stresses that we encounter. Mm -hmm. And still, our breath is the number one thing that we can use as both the tool to understand, is this too intense for me? And also the tool to say, you know what? No, I got this. I can breathe here. So I'm going to reframe mm-hmm. how I'm thinking about this situation. And like I said before, you cannot silo the physical body from the mental body, from the emotional body. So if we go back to these principles of exercise science, if we go back to um, working with adaptation, working um, our body to practice something specifically, overloading our body just a little bit so it gets stronger, our breath is going to be this thing that we can weave through Mm. to say, okay, well, how do I bring this back into something that is beneficial for my emotional health and my my mental health? Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about yoga, but honestly, all exercise, it can be a tool for your physical body, and it is. But it's also a tool for your mental health. And um, we can't say that it's not, right? You're either, you're either positively impacting your mental health or you're negatively impacting it. Very rarely do you go into something and come out and be like, I feel completely neutral, <laughs> right? Um, so if you go into a workout and your intention is to abuse your body because you are upset because you ate a bag of cookies, you're going to come out f- probably feeling the same level of shame or intensity around it. If you go into an exercise and you say, all right, I'm going to try to have a positive attitude about this. I'm not doing this because I hate myself. I'm doing this because I love myself. Mm. You're probably going to have a better experience about it. So you can't separate those two. Mm -hmm. And when we start to look at the fact that the body needs time to practice things, the body needs time to learn things, um, even something as simple as posture for Lucy, um, Instead of going down the road of, maybe I shouldn't do this. I love the coaching that you gave her of, no, it's okay. This is a new weight for you to hold your body, and it's going to be a little uncomfortable for right now, but give it a try. Mm -hmm. And you know what? At the very least, let's say she gave it a try for 30 days, and at the end of the 30 days, she said, you know what, Karina? No, I'm right. You're wrong. This (laughs) isn't good for me. I don't want to sit up straight anymore, I I want to hunch my shoulders forward, then you could say, great, I'm glad you took that experiment and found out for yourself. But I bet you what would really happen is that over time she would notice, oh, this jaw pain's going away, this neck pain's going away, I don't have as many headaches, I don't Mm. feel as tight in my chest. And that sort of cascade effect of benefits starts to set in. Definitely. And then the the mere benefit that you get from doing it becomes the impetus for you to want to keep working on yes. it and keep moving forward or whatever. And and you're totally right. She ended up coming coming back after just a couple of days, you know. Um, and she's like, actually, I feel more confident and I feel happier and I just feel like awesome. And yeah. she's, you know, ju- so just those you know, kind of speaking to that, like, emotional health, physical health thing, like, just helping her come out of that, like, kind of slumped over, you know, posture to sitting up straight, like, it shifted her feelings about herself. Oh, yeah. And it was, and it was really kind of incredible to see. And it just, to me, kind of said, like, you know, sometimes it is the smallest little thing, you know, that you're like, because, you know, you, you see a, you know, video about posture, 
you know, you know, scrolling through your, your feed or your YouTube or whatever. And you don't necessarily like, maybe you'd roll your eyes. It was like, improve your posture, feel more confident, like right. feel better about yourself. But it really does. It totally works. It really does. And that would be a really interesting, I bet you could do an entire hour podcast um, just on the chemistry, literally the chemistry of of good posture, mm-hmm. um, not just for pain relief in the physical body, but you know, good posture, open chest, and sitting up tall is linked to everything from feeling more powerful because it slightly increases testosterone in your body, not to negative levels, but we all need a little bit of that powerful mm-hmm. juice, all the way to um, it helps you breathe better so that you are getting the the same endorphin rush. So I think that you could take something as small as posture, and you can't you can't minimize its benefits, though. Right. And how beautiful it is to know that there are these simple fixes that we can make in our life and we have tremendous benefit. If the only way to get big benefit in our life was to do something difficult or huge, no, we'd never do it. So it's really nice to know that like, it's simple things like eat your vegetables, sit up straight, exercise exercise more than once try something more than once watch the video twice you know um little tiny things like that add up Mm -hmm. definitely well julia i just want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of this with us and yeah i think we came up with three or four different topics just here while we were talking right we have to come back in (laughs) definitely excited to have you on the program again and i just want to thank you so much for sharing this time with us it was my pleasure thanks for having me Definitely. I want to thank all of you for listening. I truly hope that this has been an enlightening conversation, and I hope that it has encouraged you to just come out of your comfort zone a little bit, get a little bit more physical activity in your day. You can keep your eyes peeled for Julia's 30 Days of Yoga for Weight Loss program, which will be coming out soon on wellnessplus.tv. And we also have a lot of other workout videos, fitness videos, and so much different information for you over on wellnessplus.tv. So whichever fitness or health goals you might have, we are definitely trying to help you reach them. So I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to joining you again for another edition of the Wellness Plus Podcast. Thank you so much. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.